Mommy, can I ask you a question? Um, go ask your dad. Right, you were live with Nick and Nick, and <laughs> we're back in the studio. Back in the studio. Uh, this is a, uh, I think, is the quickest turnaround between episode recordings we've ever done. <laughs> it's it been is like four days. It's been four days. <laughs> but um, time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Ask Your Dad. I'm the Nick that always lies, and I'm the Nick who always tells the truth. Or is he? Yes, I yeah. am. But now I'm a liar. Wait, no, because if I say that and I'm the one who always tells the truth. Wait, if I'm the one who lies, though, then I'm the one who lies and you're the one who tells the truth. I don't remember how this works from Labyrinth. I know. And I just watched it with Jackie. <laughs> like, It must have been a week or so ago, I think. And I can't remember the solution either. Does she ask them which door they would go through or something like that? Does that? I always felt like you'd just be like, what color is the sky? Oh. Like, ask them something they can't lie about because you can observe it. That's true. But they had a probably more clever idea. Yeah. It's just like the riddle of steel all over again. (laughs) (laughs) Grom. (laughs) Anyway, welcome back to another episode of Ask Your Dad. I'm Nick. I'm Nick. And we're here with episode six. Six. Episode six. Yep. And boy, howdy, is it a doozy. It is a doozy. (laughs) I was going to say, I don't know a NASCAR driver who's number six. Uh, Yeah, I don't either. I don't actually watch NASCAR. I just like the Dale Earnhardt jokes. That scene. Um, I used to, though, like Kyle Petty and Dale Jr. and uh, Richard Gordon. and I said it wrong on purpose, don't. Okay. <laughs> I was like giving him the crazy eye over here. I have a student who's going to the Daytona 500. He's extremely excited. Oh, I would he, be too. He wears like Jeff Gordon gear all the time. And um, he's like, he came in after Christmas and he's like, Mr. Troyer, I got ticket. He pulled it out like he has a printout of it. And he's like, <laughs> I got this ticket to go to the Daytona 500. And I'm like, that's awesome, dude. You love cars. You're going to have such a blast. And he's like, yeah what do you think about me going to this race? I'm like, I think it's going to be awesome. You're going to have a great time. Like, <laughs> um, this student is, uh, very autistic, but such a sweetheart. And like, it was just really, he's so proud of it. And he just wanted to share it with me in the best way he could. And I was like, hell yeah, dude, you're going to love it. I was like, please bring some noise canceling headphones. It's going to be very loud. He's like, Oh yeah, I already have them packed. I'm like, all right, man, you're ready to go. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. I've actually never been to a race at Daytona. I haven't been to any live race. My mom loves racing because she grew up in Indianapolis. And so she's like, watches the Indy 500 every year. And uh, I've never been. Never been to any race. Have you ever even been out to DeSoto Speedway or anything? Mm -hmm. Um, No, but I will say, and I mentioned we went to Greenville last year. Wait. I mentioned we went to Greenville last episode. 
I have not been to a race, but I have been on a race track. Oh. Because at Greenville, you can um, go to a Christmas display at a racetrack there, and um, you drive in through the predestined path in the in the field or whatever to get to the entrance, and you actually drive around the racetrack. Once you're there, you can go around in circles as many times as you want, oh. and then you just kind of yield off when you're ready to leave. And um, you can't go faster. You just, just like just, can't just haul ass. ass. It's, it's like, you're looking you at Christmas lights on the <laughs> on the. Um, on the track and in the middle field of the track and everything and like on the seats and everything's all lit up and time to music and cool stuff. Um, but I went around three times the night we, we got out and I texted my parents like, I have the family, I have the family record for three laps at this speedway. No one will ever beat me. <laughs> so I haven't been to a race, but I've, I have been on a track. I have time trialed on a track. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> to Christmas music, to Mannheim Steamroller, <laughs> and the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. <laughs> it was pretty cool. That sounds pretty cool. So what's our episode about today? Our episode is about... I was the one who suggested it. and I'm going to make you say it this time. I, I can't know. bail you out every time. I know. <laughs> I kind of I looked okay. back at one episode where I was, it was uh it was episode four when we were doing our golden dad. And I was like, tell us about the golden dad thing, and, and you were like, like uh, and I was like, I'll do it. <laughs> and I felt like it was really condescending in hindsight. They <laughs> should just give you time to remember. Well, it's all good. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not like, I have all these awesome ideas, in a moment, and then, like, I can't recall them later. That's why we were right. Yeah, we down. started writing stuff yeah. down. So like, <laughs> and like, I deleted my note for this on my computer that I had for ask your dad stuff because mm-hmm. I told you all about it. Right. And then I was like, oh, I don't need this anymore. <laughs> Someone else knows. I manifested <laughs> it. It's real now. <laughs> so like, and then I'm like immediately writing down a note yeah. that we can share. I'm like, I will never forget this. <laughs> All right, today's episode is going to be pretty interesting, I think. Um, it's about adapting to, to new technology. Um, and since we're millennials, you know, we went from having almost no technology to, you know, what everyone has today, mm-hmm. which, like, we didn't even have computers in our houses at one point when we were children. And then, or internet, and then mm-hmm. internet and computers showed up. And then, you know, it blew up from there. Everyone was... Everyone knows that. Look history. at us now. Yeah, look <laughs> at us now. Struggling to use new email accounts on our phones. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I found. Oh, the other thing we want to talk about is uh, screen time with your children and how we manage that for e- our children. Um, I'm also going to sneak in some of my favorite kids' shows. Oh, yeah. That's cool, too. I feel it all ties in. Yeah, so that's our. Basically, our, our little plan for topics today, and then we'll see what kind of tangents we go on. Yeah, and we'll get right into it after a word from our sponsors. No, I'm just kidding. We don't have any sponsors. We sponsor ourselves. We we got paid Facebook advertising now. <laughs> oh, yeah. How was that process since we're talking about technology? Oh, yeah. We'll start it off with that since it's very related to what we're doing right now. <laughs> Directly. <laughs> um, so, uh, every time 
one of us posts on Ask Your Dad the Facebook page, there's a little button at the bottom. I think only you and I can see it because mm-hmm. we're like the admins or whatever. But it says boost post. So I clicked on it this time to see what it does and what it's all about. And basically, you can spend like a minimum, I think, of $7. And Facebook will use that to advertise your post to other people. And when you get a certain amount of engagement from that post or a time period goes by, um, for example, I believe it's I spent $2 a day and then I accidentally added two more dollars to that when I was doing something else trying to figure it out. I was wondering why it said that. Yeah. So um, we're double boosted. Yeah. Well, we're boosted $14 and then two more dollars because <laughs> um, I wanted the post to last for one week right? because I figured it would be that long at least before we got another episode out. Yeah. Um, so the way it works is we can get up to like 988 engagement before our money runs out. And it charges us, I think, 28 cents per engagement. And hmm. I believe an engagement is a like, a comment, or a share. So every time someone likes that post, I don't think it counts our friends list. So every time someone that's not our friend likes right. it. Someone who saw it because it was boosted. Yeah. And then also, uh, I think a follow on the Facebook mm-hmm. page is an engagement as well. So it will take 28 cents out of our $16. And then if it fills all the way up before the week's up, then it, the post, the right. boost goes away. So that's how that works. Um, the reason I accidentally added two more dollars is because I was looking at the options. There's all kinds of analytics that you mm-hmm. can, that Facebook will use for you. Um, and I went to go hit the checkbox on one of those analytic engagement like targeting basically a special a special kind of ad targeting if you click that on or not um it might help like it was uh allowing facebook's algorithm to be creative with the post to get more people which i did not originally check Hmm. but i went to go turn it on to for day two to see if anything would like rapidly change or something like that and when i did that there's also another option at the bottom to add more money to the boost and it automatically started on two dollars instead of you know zero dollars so when i saved the change that i made it charged us two extra dollars so i think i will just take my card off of the that makes sense the thing now so i don't accidentally spend more money (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, it was only two dollars. <laughs> it's it's interesting because you did that because I'm looking at the analytics now because I was going to be like, this is how many people it says we've engaged with. As far as as far as reach goes, so reach is a different metric. I guess reach is any time it's on someone's screen. Yeah. Um, the boosted post, the one that says fourteen dollars has has reached seventy nine people, and the one that says sixteen dollars has reached eighty two people. And then for engagement, it's 14 and 5, respectively. So we're getting seen a lot, which is pretty cool. Yeah. But I don't think we're getting a lot of engagement because the post was just like, hey, we have an episode where you can listen to it. So I think if we want to boost something, maybe we should do like a a super cut or some kind of 
actual content to push to people. Yeah. But I think it's cool because I didn't know what any of that did and I didn't want to spend money on it. Well, I, I looked at it a little bit and I was like, I don't know what any of this stuff means. I really wanted to boost a post before this, but I didn't give it too much thought. And right. then since I had time yesterday to yeah. like read through everything, I was like, let's just try it out and see. Yeah. I think it was a good first boost. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. One of our things is up forty one thousand and a half percent. That is true. I was trying to find. That's the what I was trying to find. But the I, percentage I, is funny because it was like almost no one. To <laughs> I had also advertising. So obviously. it's a it's a little skewed because I had also at the same time or on the same day. I should have waited a day or two uh, before doing this, but I found the button that's like invite your friends on Facebook to actually like your things on Facebook because you know people have I guess engaged with the posts that I've made on just my personal page being like, look what we're doing. And we can get a lot of interaction with that. But then like I made the Facebook page for just the show and nobody clicked it. <laughs> and or did I like two followers or something like that. And then like we, you did the boost and then I sent the invite to like all 400 something people. And my friends was like, just see who actually clicks it. And it's like posting post reach up 41,100% <laughs> from previous 28 days. <laughs> Uh, impressions so that means more people clicked it uh impressions from the last 28 days is up a hundred and three (laughs) thousand it's just so skewed because we had literally nobody (laughs) oh my god we're going viral our our net followers is at 14 which is a hundred percent more than what we had last time (laughs) we're still small time in it don't worry everybody we're not we're not big time in you guys we're we're just the little guy still Hopefully there'll be a day when we're excited about one percent new stuff. Yeah, like, you got one percent more people. Yeah, it's like that's a hundred thousand. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see where it goes. But um, I'm just having fun hanging out. Yeah, really. and that's that's the thing for me too. We talked about that a couple times. Like this, this, this is like slightly hobbyish, but it's also just we can hang out and talk to each other. And some people like it and listen to it. I have some coworkers that tell me they listen to it every day and the um, shout out to the hammers that I work with. Cause they came up to me the other day and they're like, we listened to your show. You're 36. <laughs> like I had no idea you were so old. <laughs> and I was like, that's me, which is the second time that's happened to me in my life in education. The first time was in college. Uh, I was at Florida state university in the stone building for the college of education and uh one of my my peers was there and she was well she she was just turning 20 or just turning 21 something like that and she was having a little bit of like identity crisis of getting old we were on the tail end of the program and we were about to graduate and she was like i'm gonna have to go get a real job and i have to go like enter the real world am i ready for this and she was going on and she's she's an awesome person and i'm not trying to like dog or anything like that at all um, but she went on and on and on. I was just kind of nodding and nodding. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's a big deal. And you know, you're going to land on your feet. You'll do it. Blah, 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 blah. And like three days later, she's like, you're 28 <laughs> or 29 or whatever age I was. She's like, you're 28. You let me sit there in front of everybody and say all that stuff. <laughs> and, he, and like, they, it came down to basically like, you're old and you let me talk like that. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> I was like, I didn't think so. Yeah. I mean. But that's a byproduct of me uh, starting college five years later than everybody else I was in college with. And then subsequently starting my career much later than everybody else I was with. And then it's weird in education because I was like, I'm the young guy to most teachers. 
but all the new teachers that are coming in, I'm, I'm the old guy because I'm at least 10 years older than a lot of them. And it's a weird dynamic. Yeah, that's how it is when I go to school, too. Um, well, this is like my third attempt at college. <laughs> and it's, you know, I'm doing it this time. Um, the first two attempts, I was like you, where I was a little, little bit older than everyone. But now I'm much older than everyone. Um, <laughs> like, um, one of the people in my class is 21. I, I'm not sure if she's the youngest or not. But she's very close to it, like, and I'm 35, 35, and uh, so I was 14 when she was born. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it was already past 2000 when she was born. Yeah, <laughs> and then you know, five years later, I was in the army. She was five. <laughs> you know, five more years later, I was out of the army. She was ten. Yeah. And that was when I first started going back to school. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was 10 years old when she first started going back to school, and now we're in the same class, like, for a bachelor's. So, so. Just, it's wild the way things work sometimes. And then if I, I had the thought the other day, um, that's doing the math, and I was like, if my, my boys reach 81 and 79, respectively, they will see the turn of the century. They'll see, they'll see the year 2100. Yeah. And I don't even know if that's how people are going to say it. <laughs> Two, 2,100? 20. They'll see double O's, and that's weird. Yeah. But they'll be they'll be old old men with twice the life experience I currently have now. So so I wanted to say this on your... You made a post about yeah. that. And uh, I wanted to say this, but I didn't want it to sound <laughs> bad. So in person, I think it will sound much better because it's, you know, you can see my face and hear my voice <laughs> and you're not just reading words on a black and white screen. <laughs> but I had heard, and this was like five years ago when I read this, that the first person who will live to be 150 has already been born. Yeah. So <laughs> you might be there too. I, I don't think so. I have not done the groundwork for yeah. that. <laughs> so, I, I always I, tell people I'm shooting for 100, but like... I don't know. Yeah. I'm taking this ride as far as I can go, though. It's an it's a long uphill battle for yeah. us, but but also I did the math on that. I think it's 114. <laughs> if I make 114, <laughs> I can see it too. <laughs> I mean, that sounds pretty reasonable. 114 is not that much well, with modern technology. <laughs> <laughs> with my high income, advances my. Um, one thing before <laughs> we jump into the episode content. I know we rambled on a little bit, um, but we're just we're just having fun. Um, before we jump into the content, I want to. I was planning this if we had like a formal like we've been kind of like bantering at the beginning episodes, like what have you been up to? What have you been up to? But it's been literally four days, and we've been up to the same thing as last time. Um, so instead, I was going to take a second to brag on my wife a little bit. Oh, there you go. She is on the tail end of weaning uh, for pumping. Um, I mentioned this a hundred times before on the show already that she's exclusively pumping. Um, breastfeeding for our oldest didn't work out. And so when the second one came through, we were like, we're not going through that again because, and I should have said this on our, our childbirth episode, but like there's this really extremely strong emotional attachment to the idea of breastfeeding. And even though we knew and had gone through the classes that were assured us that like formula is fantastic. Don't worry about it. You could even pump. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, my wife still had this huge emotional attachment to the idea of breastfeeding. And when it wouldn't work, it was like, it almost sent her into postpartum depression, basically. Um, it was like a, we went to specialists and we tried all this different stuff. Um, 
but she she got on the ball for pumping with Nixon and just never looked back. And I don't remember the numbers what she did for him, but when when Lincoln was born, those numbers were like those records were like just destroyed. She's such a massive overproducer for milk. And I wanted to brag on her because not only is she feeding our son, she's feeding uh, her friend's baby because um, she had a medical emergency after childbirth, so the milk never came in. And it was right around the time there was a formula shortage, so we've been sharing our milk with them. And not only that, she's also donated three times to a milk bank, and each donation was in, like, the thousands of ounces. Like, wow, one and a half to 2,000 ounces, easy. Maybe that's probably underselling it, honestly. I, I'm really bad at doing milk math. Um, but like just, we have, a, a freezer in our house attached to our fridge full of milk. We have a freezer in a fridge in the garage filled with milk. We bought a chest freezer and filled it with milk. Um, we helped that friend that we're sending milk to also get a chest freezer and filled that with milk. Wow. And then we sent some milk to her parents' house and some milk to my parents' house to their freezers. Um, we lost all of that after the hurricane when everybody lost their power. We kept ours. We had a generator um, that my parents gave us. So we were saved on that. Um, but then she's also made all those donations to the milk bank. So she's got my kid, uh, her friend's kid, uh, a newborn that was in Georgia. No, Miami. Sorry. A newborn of a coworker that was in Miami whose daughter uh, had a medical emergency after childbirth also and sent her other daughter to come collect some milk for us to bring it down to kind of give that baby a kickstart. That person shared some of that milk with uh, babies in the NICU, apparently, which I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to do. But she claims that she did. And then um, the milk bank sends us a little thing every time we donate that tells us approximately how many babies in the NICU that amount of milk could feed. So all told, I basically lost count after like 150 children that her milk has made in the last year. That's amazing. And so I just wanted to brag on her about that. Golden Mom Award? Mm-hmm. If there's a mom podcast out there that does Golden <laughs> Mom Awards, we got a candidate. So shout out to my wife. We love you. She's almost done. She's she's down to one pump a day, and it's this is the hardest part, because then by the end of the night to the next morning, she's like just too full, and like just in excruciating pain. And so she like can't wait to wake up and pump and get it out. And like her... When she was weaning down, her pumps went from like 40 f minutes to like 30 minutes. And then she cut a pump out and it went to like 35 minutes. And then she dropped it down to like 20 minutes. And then she cut a pump out and now it's back up to like 45 minutes for the one pump just because that's what you have to do. Otherwise, you get clogs and mastitis and problems and stuff. Oh, that was the other thing. With Nixon, she got mastitis a couple times and like thrush a couple times and some issues. Uh, with Lincoln, she never had any issues except for like chafing and blisters and stuff. So... She's killing it. We love it. But she's so, almost done it. She's very excited. So thank you. You had a good run. Yeah, she did. <laughs> it's almost mm -hmm. done. That's awesome. Hang in there, sweetie. <laughs> There's light at the end of the tunnel. But anyway, I just want to take a little second to brag on that for a little bit because she'll never brag on it because she's awesome like that. She would never, like, you know, look what I've done, but I can recognize it for her. <laughs> So, technology is a really broad term. Yeah. What was the first, like, electronic technology you remember ever, like, interacting with as a kid? Like, when your consciousness woke up, like, what were you doing? The very first, like, technology I remember interacting with 
is NES, Nintendo Entertainment System. We're on the same page then. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I remember my dad was playing it. And I remember I got to have a turn. I remember when my dad was playing it, he was on one of the underground levels where it's green and black and the little Goombas are like mm-hmm. just running across. And I think there's like a turtle yep. too down there. Red shell, red shell turtle. No green shell turtle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just played it with my son like two days ago. Oh, okay. Well, he watched <laughs> me play it cause he doesn't, he doesn't have the coordination to actually do stuff yet. So, um, I was, I think four years old, um, because I remember where it happened because I got hit by lightning at that house. So, <laughs> that'll do it yeah <laughs> um, that's probably like the only reason i remember any of this is because that's where like trauma happened i guess right <laughs> <laughs> so uh i remember my dad playing he died and he was like bastard kind of a bastard story oh, but, jesus yeah <laughs> and then uh i got to play and when i died i was like bastard and tossed the controller like i saw my dad do <laughs> um that's my very first time i can remember and uh, it's just interesting because all those buttons were like analog and stuff too. Mm-hmm. So, like, how far we've come. I know. And there, then there and aren't if, even buttons. And if anymore. we have any older older listeners, I don't really know if we do or not, but they'll remember obviously a time before that even. Um, yeah. But I think to the effect of our episode being about like adapting to technology as it changed and like how much we've seen pass as millennials, like I remember having dials on the TV that I did turn with the big clicks to get to the right channels and i remember um when you had to hook up the nes or the super nintendo later they had rf switches and you had to turn it to channel three or channel four and that's the only channel it would work on and remember having the the rabbit ear antennas and like wrapping foil around them to try to extend the range a little bit and then you know slowly things changed so nes has a coax cable how it connected to your tv I remember having TVs that were older than mm-hmm. coax cables, and you had to get the little adapter yep. with the two. You had to screw in the adapter to the back of the TV, and then screw in the coax. <laughs> it was like a coax cable with two wires on the yeah. end, and you had to screw those two wires in to the back of the TV. So, like, we've gone from that to like HDMI. Yeah, <laughs> or like. I don't even know what the... Uh, I think it's like a DPI or something like that. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird to think back on. And like, one of the funniest things every year that I'm like, hit the save button at, at work when I'm working with the kids. And I always over-exaggerate. Like, it's the one that looks like a floppy disk. You know, floppy disks yeah. like you use every day because <laughs> you haven't seen one in your entire life. I remember... The computer lab in school, mm-hmm. the very first floppy disk that like we had to pay $2 for so that we could save our work mm-hmm. was one of the big ones. No. The like, <laughs> I don't know what they're called. Like Is the it, seven or eight inch ones or something like, like that. The seven inch floppy disk that was like five sheets of paper thick. <laughs> that to, to, to cloud storage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's weird and like... I guess the effect of being father, I said the effect twice, uh, in the vein of being fathers, um, it's kind of cool to see your kids interact with new technology and like intuitively pick it up the way we intuitively picked up what we had as kids. And like, it's also kind of scary at the same time, which is how much, 
how much those programs and stuff are designed specifically for engagement now and how they're designed to like keep eyes on them. And it's really kind of scary to like have your child interact with anything. Cause you're just kind of worried. Like what's this going to do to their brain? Yeah. Um, well, it's the same way, you know, with us watching TV when we were little, yeah. like, and people, kids who watch TV now, like TV zombies and yeah. tablet zombies and stuff. That's why we tied in the screen time element to yeah. this episode. Well, let's say, is there a technology that you've struggled to adapt to as an adult that maybe some of your younger peers just know, or it seems like they just know? Um, I think now it's less about technology and more about like programming yeah. or programs. And I think most of it's probably social media related just because my kids are so young, they don't interact with anything I don't hand them or give them or let them interact with. And it'll be a while before they can kind of independently do any of that stuff. But the teenagers I work with are very adept at, at current technology and social media and different websites and interacting with peers online and stuff. And I guess that's another thing I wanted to say is I remember following the track of technology as it increased in our lives. It was around middle school. I want to say around sixth grade. And for reference, that's when Pokemon Blue came out. Because <laughs> that's what I got in sixth grade for my Game Boy. I was very excited for that. I had Pokemon Red. <laughs> Eternal Rivals. And then my brother, Lucky. <laughs> I'm the Nick that had Pokemon Blue. I'm the Nick that had Pokemon <laughs> Red. our next intro. Um... <laughs> But, like, I also remember that's when uh, we got cable internet for the first time. And we were, we had dial-up before that um, where, you, you know, if you wanted to go on the internet, you had to make sure nobody else had to make a phone call and you had to listen to the horrific robot screeching as it dialed into the, the network for you. It's <laughs> 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 pretty good, actually. Um, and I was like, finally, I could be on AOL no matter what. <laughs> Um, but we had, we had, before we got regular, like Comcast cable internet, um, we had like, there are promotions that try to do like free internets and stuff like that. So instead of paying a subscription to have access to like AOL online, which I guess was already online in the name, um, we had, I think it was net zero and net zero was a browser that would connect to the internet for you but it would always have a banner of advertisements at the top. And I was like, whatever, I don't care. I can log into Diablo 2 still and play. There you go. Except for the banner stayed on top of the game in like this weird like rainbow pixel trying to like push through the resolution. Um, and so we had that for a while. It wasn't really working for us. But when, I remember staying home from school the day we got uh, like regular cable internet. And I was like, ooh, it's playtime. Cause I like lived on the computer when I was in that, that age range that was like a lot of kids were like TV kids or like console kids. I was like, Nope, I'm on the internet. I'm on AOL. I'm talking to people. I remember the very first time I played a multiplayer game with somebody, uh, way before like you and I are friends or we were friends with other people who played like Diablo and Starcraft and stuff like that. The very first time I ever played any kind of game with somebody online, there was this program called Multiplayer. And this purple logo with a white M in the middle looked like a purple M&M. And uh, you opened it up, and it opened up this like weird like TV-shaped purple UI. And you could pick different board games. You play chess or checkers or whatever with other people. 
and they had voice chat capability. And so we ended up with a microphone somehow. I don't even know if we bought one or just like goodwilled it or found it. Um, when my dad was doing construction, he would always come home with like random stuff. The homeowners didn't want anymore. And, uh, maybe that was one of the ones, but I remember I was playing online with somebody. I was playing like checkers or chess online with somebody as a kid. And I'm playing with like a grown adult in Canada and then a grown adult in like the UK. And I was like, dad, I'm playing chess with somebody from a different country. And it was so cool and like novel at the time. And, uh, I don't know if that experience shaped why I liked being online a lot. Um, but like I was always on the computer and we had the computer in the family room. That's always where I sat until somebody else needed it. And they're like, get off. So we had internet here and there, like in middle school, but it was during the wicked stepmother days. Mm. So I never got to touch the computer, but as soon as she hit the road and poured bleach all over mine and my brother's clothing before she left. Of course. Um, as one does. Yeah. You know, cause you're relationship problems with the with the parent <laughs> are because of the children in a relationship in case you guys didn't know <laughs> um i was allowed to play on the computer whenever i wanted because she was gone <laughs> and that's the first time that i got to log in and play like with people i think i was in seventh or eighth grade or maybe over the summer between something like that and uh that's when I started playing Diablo 2 online. Um, before that, I had a computer in my room that was, well, obviously it was old as dirt because it was, you know, like 20-something yeah. years ago. But um, even then, it was old as dirt. <laughs> but it would run Diablo 2. And uh, I learned to upgrade RAM and stuff from probably school, um, learning about computer parts and whatnot. So, like, the game would, like, barely run, and then I convinced my dad to buy me, like, a RAM stick from a computer store, like a used computer component mm-hmm. store, probably Uptech or something like mm-hmm. that. And uh, Diablo ran twice as fast, <laughs> and I was like, what? It looks so real. <laughs> and then if you load up Diablo on your current computer, it's just, like... It's too fast. It's too fast, and it looks worse than minecraft (laughs) and i'm like how did i ever think this is real that's just like a gray blob with an axe (laughs) so i didn't get to play online with people until i was a little older i was definitely a teenager at that point probably 13 or 14 um but my brother was four years younger than me so he got to play on the internet from the time he was 10 basically Mm -hmm. and uh that was kind of a detriment to him because yeah. uh, that's all he ever wanted to do. And since dad was always busy, there was no one but me to tell him no. Right. <laughs> that's kind of what he did a lot of the time. Um, but um, it made him still super social with people because a lot of misconceptions when we were younger was like staring at your computer. You couldn't interact with anyone. Right. But because the internet was there, you could interact yeah. with like... Anyway. And that's still a misconception now. You hear people talk about like people are always looking at their phones and there's there's no engagement. Like they're just not talking to strangers in person necessarily. But um, like me, when I was online all the time, I was I had uh, AOL or AIM after AOL kind of dissolved. They just had a standalone messaging app that was open 24-7 when I was a kid. That was like 
that was well, primarily what I did. That all the time in high school. Yeah, that's, that's primarily what I did online. I barely like actually did like, you know, I, I wasn't writing very much unless it was in a chat to somebody, which was a lot. Um, but I always attribute that to why I was good at writing is because I spent I spent a lot of time as a kid playing Final Fantasy games, reading, and I spent a lot of time as a teenager talking to friends, writing, and um, and yeah, like I. I didn't usually have the games other kids had. So I was just always on aim, just talking to people constantly. Like that was my whole, that's like all I did online, just constantly socialize with other people. And then, you know, that's kind of what the kids are doing now. They're always texting or FaceTiming or Snapchatting each other. Like it looks weird sometimes. So like high school kids will just like lay their phone flat on the desk and then take a, uh, front facing camera picture of the ceiling tiles and just like type like I'm in Troyer's class right now <laughs> and then send it to somebody because they don't want to break the streak. If you, if you leave somebody on red or if you don't open their Snapchat, it breaks the streak and then they get upset that you broke the streak. <laughs> and so like kids just take the dumbest pictures of literally anything, like not even of themselves. And they'll just be like quickly addressing what they're doing at the time. <laughs> it's so silly. Um, my first computer before the one I talked about where he had cable internet. So my dad came home from a job one time and he came back with like, I'm sure I'll get the numbers wrong, but it was like a compact 380. It was a white suitcase where you popped the front off and the front was a keyboard. And Mm. inside that panel that you popped off was the screen. It was like, gosh, maybe, maybe a five or six inch square for the screen. It was only black, and all the letters were green. So smaller than your phone. Uh, well, yeah, but in a square. So in some ways bigger than the phone. And, like, it was the screen was only black, didn't display any other colors um, as far as, like, backgrounds or anything. And then all of the actual, like, graphical display were green light. So it was mostly text-based, and you had to do... I had to learn command lines to run any of the games that were loaded onto it, which <laughs> was Prince of Persia, which was... Um, very difficult to play, well. but my favorite one to try because it was like an actual adventure game with like platforms and stuff. It was just like, I can't even explain to you how weird and janky it was to try to like interact with it sometimes. <laughs> uh, it had a Wheel of Fortune game that I never really quite figured out how to play. Um, it had battle chess, which is still the coolest way to play chess. And I used to spend like, I used to spend like, hours on that thing just trying to make every piece interact with every other possible piece just to see what all the death animations looked like for the chess pieces <laughs> uh and it had a couple other games on there too and it had like a floppy drive that you could like put information on and stuff but like i would, I, did, I wasn't good enough at the time i was like nine or ten when we had it i think and i wasn't good enough at the time to really understand how to interact or load things on it and I had nothing else to load onto it anyway um but like i would i would jump on that thing all the time because I thought it was so cool. It sounds cool. I want it back. <laughs> but it, <laughs> so, wouldn't, it wouldn't have the same games on it. It'd never be the same. So here's a technology from when I was a kid that I remembered about and I wanted to share because a lot of people might not know about it or ever knew that it existed. But it was when the internet was still new. It was a couple years before the internet really was in everyone's home. So like some like business people might have internet at mm-hmm. their house but most people didn't and um it was this was offered through the cable company and it was for sega genesis 
It was called Sega Channel. Mm-hmm. And it was a cartridge that you put in the top of your Sega. And then you took the coax cable from the wall and plugged it into this cartridge. And it would give you access to a bunch of different Sega games. Um, and you... It had a very 90s internet looking Mm -hmm. interface it was like a purple background with like squiggly lines and then the letters were like neon green Mm -hmm. so like it was hard to read (laughs) and then uh when you select when you scrolled over them i think it turned orange or something so everything um, in the 90s was about bleeding in your eyes yeah (laughs) (laughs) so um it was like we didn't have a playstation one yet so it must have been like 1996 because mm-hmm. I think that came out in 97. Um, but we had Sega Channel for like, I think Dad, we had it for like four months and then they canceled it or whatever <laughs> because, you know, it's a very niche product. Yeah, like, it was <laughs> way before its time. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I remember I got to play Earthworm Jim on there and like Vector Man and stuff like that. Oh, nice. Yeah. I always loved Vector Man, especially... Because when he died, you know, he was just made out of spheres. Yeah. So when he died, like every individual sphere. They just bounced all over the place. It was cool. Um, But that was just a cool technology I wanted to tell people existed like back then. It was basically like Gamefly. Yeah. If that's even a thing still. I think it is. I haven't used it in a while. It was like Netflix, but for video games, but on a Sega that took a cartridge. Well, I mean, it's just like you... (laughs) It's just like downloading games. It's like a Steam thing. You download games to the cartridge, but I think you just... I don't think you ever actually downloaded the content. I think you it was just... streaming it yeah. from their server somehow. But um, that reminded me, a mutual friend of ours, when we were growing up in middle school, his parents had this big projector TV. Um, it was like this big, like, 70-inch giant box, and then on the front of it were, like, red... Uh, blue and green like traffic light sized lights oh, that would shoot into the TV. I remember those. And uh, on that, they had a um, an add-on device kind of similar to Sega Channel, but it was just for regular internet. It was like home internet or TV. I don't remember the name of the actual product anymore. Um, but they gave you this tiny little like teeny tiny uh, keyboard with like round round keys that was like, had like a really pleasing aesthetic to like tactile response when you like typed on it and stuff and you had like a little pointer that you would move the cursor around on the screen you basically like turned your tv into a uh, web browser which was also way ahead of its time yeah <laughs> but like i used to like i would get excited to use it because it was so like weird and new and different I was used to get excited at school when they'd bust out the laser discs. Yeah. Because by by was, that time we kind of had like CDs for music, but we hadn't quite video. Yeah, like the DVDs were still new, so they were still expensive. So as everything was still VHS, but like schools and stuff would have the big laser disc. I always thought the laser disc was cool because Eggs is a giant metal disc. It's very sci-fi. It's yeah. a DVD, but it's like three times the size. And complete. Um, yeah, basically. <laughs> and um, but they always had these little booklets. Um, for like whatever different like clip it wanted to show and you could like literally scan the booklet like a barcode with the device and it would automatically like take it to that chapter on the disc and i always thought that was like the coolest thing when i saw teachers do that that was always exciting for me too i'm trying to remember i remember watching a movie on laser disc at school just can't remember the movie yeah but. i can't remember any of the content i actually watched this this far out it was always in like a science class and it was like a documentary 
um, school technology, one thing I did miss out on using was an overhead projector. Mm. When I left high school, teachers were still using overhead projectors. And when I came back, everything was smart boards. Yeah. And I was like, no, I didn't get to do the thing. <laughs> Focus it with the little yep. knob at the top. <laughs> Just thank God, because those things were... And they probably had special printers they had to use to print the overhead... Oh, I'm sure. Films. I'm sure. Well, they always had, like, the laminate roll, the plastic sheet that you could roll through. And, oh, like, yeah. You draw on it with the, the wet erase marker, and then when you're done with that, you roll through the next set that's blank and then you wipe it down later um aesthetically there's something about the technology that was really aesthetically pleasing to me and i was like overhead projectors are the peak of technology for education <laughs> and then i came back and we have touch screens i'm like all right i see where we're going with this this is this is a lot better <laughs> i don't want to go back but i kind of missed that i missed out <laughs> so for me and a technology that i to still adapt to is um apple computers I don't use them very much, but my laptop is an Apple. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's some stuff. Like, a lot of computers are very similar, like Apple's and Windows, but there's some stuff that is completely different. Right. And uh, I have to learn how to do that still. I've used I used an Apple computer one time in my entire life, and it was because my girlfriend at the time had one. And I hopped on to do something very quickly for whatever reason it was, and I was very confused. <laughs> like what is all of this <laughs> now that i've had an iphone since like generation three or whatever all the way up to now i could probably intuitively kind of understand what most things are i mean that might be the case for you as well yeah but back then i was like i don't know what any of this is yeah so there's just some stuff that i mess up sometimes like um sometimes when i go to make the screen bigger i guess i can't figure out green yellow and red right and sometimes i close the window <laughs> just little mistakes like that yeah and then uh i want to buy a mouse but i don't know if i need to buy an apple mouse or if right. i need just like one of the mice i already have will work so it's just little things like that that's yeah. the only thing i can think of that i actually struggle with that's not like learning a program yeah um there's not anything that i've seen come out that i don't think i could use or have had trouble using yeah um, it's not like with with our parents where we have to help them a lot of the times well i think i think our age grew up in like sort of a golden era of this kind of technology because we aren't far enough into the future and i feel like we're getting there at least you're seeing it in, st- in a lot of stores and stuff we're not far enough in the future where everything's tablets and touch screens and ios android you know operating system platforms um, most things are still run by regular computers. What we grew up with, the regular QWERTY keyboard, most of it runs off of Windows, which we became very familiar with, with all the random stuff we were doing. And um, so I feel like we have a really like distinct advantage on the older generation who had to learn that later in their life, but also the younger generation who in their everyday life, they might not be doing that as much. Like I have some... And I always fall back on what I see with my students. Like I have some, some students that are heavy into gaming that know their way around computers very well. Um, I have one student that spends all day playing Doom in class, and I have to open up. Oh. I have to open up the little spy program where I can see what he's doing to make sure he's on his actual task. Because I see his hands in the WSAD position, I'm like, <laughs> get off Doom. <laughs> and he's like, what? Switch the screen. I was like, I saw you. <laughs> I used to do this. I know what I'm doing, <laughs> right? 
Um, but, and I have some kids who like build their own computers for gaming and, and Twitch streaming and other stuff like that. But the majority of my students use their tablets or smartphones. Like that's, that's what they interact with most of the time. And so like, you know, just basically getting them on computers at one point, my master's degree was actually completed by doing quote unquote research where I taught them like elementary school, elementary school, like keyboarding techniques. Hmm. Um, like the touch typing home row, all that stuff, because they don't type on keyboards very often. They have the same like layout of letters. They could probably tell you where a letter is pretty quickly, but they don't have their typing reflexes. They don't do typing classes after like elementary school, basically. And, um, my research was completed, um, by basically being like, I'm going to teach them how to type and see if it helps them type faster and more accurate. And it did. Um, but that was a common complaint I had from students because they had to do these, uh, state test essays where you have to type it like there's no unless you have like a special accommodation to handwrite but they put you in front of a computer you type out the essays for the state test now we had to handwrite ours for florida rights way back in the day um and their their speed and ability to take their thoughts to the page is so hampered by like their slow typing they're slow like hunt and peck typing and so i feel like our, our generation has that kind of distinct advantage. We grew up, we, st- we still had typing classes. I had, a, I had a typing class in 10th grade at our high school. Shout out to Mavis Beacon. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and we still had some of these things before the next level of technology kind of emerged. But what we grew up on is still used so widely that it's like we still have kind of the advantage there. And I feel like the younger generation has to adapt to our old ass technology sometimes to be successful. And it's probably really frustrating for them. That's funny because when we were talking about that, I thought about how on the gaming computers, you know, we all went from analog keyboards to digital keyboards Mm -hmm. and then back to analog, Mm -hmm. like mechanical keyboards. (laughs) And I just pictured like a future, like gamer, like maybe our kids or someone younger than our kids like with a rig set up kind of like what i have yeah but instead of a keyboard they have like an adapter that plugs their smartphone into the, <laughs> the keyboard so that they can use their their thumbs right. to type and stuff really fast <laughs> they're like this is what i know so i need to a- adapt this to that and i'm just like <laughs> so instead of a keyboard it's just a wire looking for a smartphone right <laughs> that would be pretty fun that just sent me down a rabbit trail in my own head of a couple different things. Um, one, I remember seeing advertised a long time ago, and I always wanted to get one, but never got one. Um, this little block that you plug into your phone, it would project a red laser like keyboard grid oh, yeah. on the table, and you would type on it. And I always wanted to try that to see how like accurate it was. Um, cause that felt like super future tech to me. It's like a laser keyboard. Sign me up. Yeah. It's just projecting a keyboard down. That's um, pretty cool but I never got to try it out. And then, um, the other thought I had was I was obsessed with like computing technology for some reason as a kid. And I always wanted a typewriter. I was like very into like old school stuff when I was a kid. I like, I wanted a rotary phone. I wanted a typewriter. My parents got me a typewriter, but it was an electric typewriter, which was basically a computer keyboard attached to a printer that just like pushed it out in real time. Um, but you like, wanted to slam that hammer on I really paper. did. <laughs> <laughs> Ding! Um, but, like, just... I always appreciated, like, the tactile response of things. And, like, 
I always wanted that kind of feel when I use technology. And I, like I have my haptics turned on on my phone all the time so I can feel when I'm typing. Yeah. Like I just, I want that response. That was always something I really liked as a kid and it like stuck with me as an adult. And you talked about like the mechanic, the, the analog to digital to mechanical keyboards. Um, I never specifically noticed too much of a difference, but I did go to a mechanical keyboard when I built my computer a couple years ago and I was like, this is amazing. This is the sound and feel I've always wanted. Yeah. It's just little things like that for me. Like that's my connection with some technology. Like the way I interface with it was always very important. It's interesting too with the mechanical keyboards because there's different, like not an expert, but there's, under the key when you pop the key off there's different color of mm-hmm. those and that determines the the response that you get when hmm. you press the key so there's i think there's three different colors there's like black white and red or something like that or blue maybe is one of the colors but it changes how the key, the keys hmm. type so i didn't know that yeah someone was telling me about it and i was like to me i've never been into it my keyboard just happens to be mechanical right Right. now because that was the one that was on sale when i bought it (laughs) but like my one before that was just a digital keyboard and to me you know pressing the keys are pressing the keys yeah um as a matter of fact when i was trying to twitch stream here and there my keyboard kind of got in the way because it was it was too loud yeah so like i was like i should just get my digital keyboard out i had that (laughs) problem um i built that that computer that i have now um i finished it right around March 2020 when the lockdowns happened like that's when I finally had time to put it all the pieces together I'd been buying like one piece a month over a set amount of time or a set amount of time just like I'm gonna finally do it. I'm gonna build my own gaming computer I'm finally have cutting-edge technology for like a minute because I've never had that ever and um, I was like everybody uses mechanical keyboards I like the sound and feel of it I'm getting a mechanical keyboard Um, the office at the time bordered uh, the office is now my oldest son's bedroom but he used to sleep in the other room that my youngest has now and the room he's in now used to be the office and um, we had a desk for my wife and a desk for me and then my computer was on the desk that bordered the wall to his room and i was i was like all right time to get some late night gaming in and i'd play like world of warcraft with you or something like that and i'd start slamming the keys as quietly as i could (laughs) so i didn't wake up my little boy because like it's loud and uh i was like this was probably in in the short term a mistake <laughs> she just got a regular <laughs> keyboard I, I i flew too close to the sun on that one and it kind of hindered my ability to actually play because <laughs> i only had like the couple hours after he went to bed before i went to sleep and like if he woke up i was like all right bye i'll come back later um he went through a sleep regression one time i was playing warcraft with you guys it was like right before a raid or right before a dungeon or something like that. And we were all getting ready. And like, you just hear him screaming. I'm like, I'll be back guys. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he fought that so hard. He fought for like two hours and I just like eventually came back to the room. I was like, you know what? I will see you guys next time. <laughs> this is not going to work for me today. Well, at least we got to play with you for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so anyway, well, let's venture out into maybe apps that we use. Yeah. To help us, help I pr- us be parents. I probably have more have? apps at this time than you do for parenthood. Um, just because I don't know what kind of apps for parenthood they have for the age of your kids. Um, but I use a handful of them 
first thing we use is an outlet sock. And uh, if you don't know what those are, it's basically a pulse oximeter that goes on your kid's foot and it just tracks their breathing and heartbeat and stuff as they're sleeping and it kind of registers their sleep patterns and stuff. So it gives you a lot of data on how they sleep and how deep they're sleeping and um, like their heart rate and oxygen level and stuff like that. And it's really cool. It kind of, I don't know if it's back on the market, but at one point it got pulled off the market after we bought it because um, they were making kind of like claims on what the data could do for you. Um, but they kind of cut out the middleman. They're like, yeah, buy an outlet sock. It'll prevent SIDS. But really what it does is it just gives you information and it alerts you if anything goes out of normal um, with this big red light on the base station that attaches with it. So like if for some reason your kid stops breathing in the middle of the night, you get this big red light and alarm and you get up and go run it to go check them out. And so that was really important for us. It gave us a lot of peace of mind. Um, and we loved it so much that after the first one with Nixon wore out, we ended up buying a second one for Lincoln. We've been using it. Um, and the app goes straight to your phone. So you can always just pull up what they're doing. The other one I use is called baby tracker, um, which is a pretty generic name. But um, basically what it does is it allows you to track different metrics for all your kids. So that's how I log all the diapers that we change, all the milk that he drinks and when he's sleeping and waking up. And I can also log like when he gets, um, when he goes to the pediatrician and gets like a round of vaccines or a round of um, whatever, or when they measure how tall or weighty is. So I can go back and look at all that. So like I was using it with Nixon also, so I can go all the way back to like, when we first had him and go all the way back to when I got the app and started logging stuff. So March, March 4th, like when he was born, actually, I think I probably went and did that later, but I put, um, his weight and his, his length in the app when he was like the day he was born. The next day I have, um, his, his weight and that he got a hep B shot. And then the day after that, when we took him home and marked that we fed him, um, we were doing syringe feeding cause he wasn't breastfeeding and we hadn't pumped yet and we hadn't really figured out all the way. So we had some colostrum that we pumped out at the hospital. So he had 24 milliliters that day. Uh, it was via syringe two times and he got burps in between. So like I, I rocked all that stuff. Can you put little notes and stuff like that? Um, so yeah, just tons of data that you can mark down and you can keep for all time. Um, which is really helpful for like medical history like schools are always going to want the paperwork. So it's not a substitute for that by any means, but if like, you know, it was ever like, Oh, did Nixon ever get this shot? When did he get this shot? I'm like, well, I logged it so I can go back and check <laughs> and that'll give me a good idea. Um, so I either use those two a ton. Um, we have a, a monitor and camera in both boys rooms that go back to one video screen. So it just flips back between their rooms. Um, it's another app that I use for them. Oh, shout out to their daycare. They use an app that a lot of daycares use called Brightwheel. Yeah. Brightwheel is amazing. Brightwheel, they push information to me straight to my phone when they're napping, when they're sleeping. Well, sleeping and napping are the same thing. <laughs> when they nap, when they wake up, when they eat, when they're doing activities, they send pictures to me and stuff like that. So I love that. And as a teacher, I appreciate that because I use a lot of apps that are similar to that. Um, That's all the apps that I use. My wife had one. can't remember the name of it, but it tracks their leaps. Mm. Like when they go through a developmental leap, they'll um, like, especially very young, they have these little milestones they'll hit. And at some point 
since you know people have been raising children since the dawn of time uh at some point people started putting the pattern together like oh they're really fussy for some reason right now and there's they have these uh what they call leaps where they're about to like their brain's about to awaken like new powers basically like oh you can suddenly see more than three feet in front of your face and in color now that's different and it's like it's overwhelming the sensory information for the babies so like they get really fussy so you're like oh he's going through a leap this will be here for like another week or two and then they'll be cool again um we use that a lot for Nixon and tracked like every time he was going through a leap. So we knew ahead of time when he was going to start fussing and fighting us a lot more for like sleep and like just in general, uh, with Lincoln, we didn't use it as much. We were a little more intuitive for it cause we weren't as new parents. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. That's what I use on my phone every day. That's awesome. I kind of wish I knew about that stuff. When the kids were <laughs> uh, we did some of the same things that in tracking that you did. Um, but we didn't use apps for it. Um, like when it came to feeding and stuff, we would, um, if it, if it was pump milk, we would be able to track how many ounces and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But if it was, um, yeah, when it's breastfeeding, you can only track how long Yeah, you just, she just went until they stopped basically yeah. <laughs> or ran out, whatever, whatever the case was, <laughs> um, but I do remember during pregnancy, my wife had the pregnancy ch- tracker that mm-hmm. would show you how far along her baby was yep. like during the process. We like, had that as well. the size of a avocado mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That was super fun every day to see what it was going to be. Yeah, I really like that. Um, I do remember Jackie using a development app, kind of like what you were talking about with the leaps. Um, I don't remember if she used it for both kids or not. There's a lot of chaos in my life at that time personally so i have trouble remembering stuff like that um if i can real quick uh it's the wonder weeks app that's what we used for tracking the leaps oh okay wonder weeks wonder weeks i had to go google it because i couldn't remember it either um speaking of merging isn't amazing we just look up whatever we want yeah You don't, you don't have to go to a library to figure it out. I don't have to ask Jeeves. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just, I'm in amazement of that sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. Literally, if we don't know it, we can just find out right away. Well, this kind of leads us into the next topic, mm-hmm. which is screen time. Um, our kids are older than yours, like twice as old. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just about, yeah. Yeah. Just for a couple of years, then they'll be closer in age again. <laughs> but right now, my youngest is twice as old as your oldest, I think. Because um, Logan just, just about. turned seven. Yeah. Nixon turns uh, four in a couple months. Yeah. And real quick, worth noting since we're talking about it, my little one turns one on Sunday. All right. In like six days. I'm pretty excited. Yeah. You going to do the smash cake? Yeah. We... We're going to do it. We did it for Nixon, but Nixon, Nixon's kind of like me in the way that I was talking about, like tactile responses and the interfacing with technology. Nixon's very like particular about how things feel on him. And he doesn't like getting very messy sometimes. And like when we offered him cakes for all of his birthdays, he just does not give a shit because he doesn't want to get it all over his hands. <laughs> and he doesn't like sweets anyway, which is the coolest feature of a child. Yeah. I hate sugar. It doesn't want to try cookies or candy or cake or nothing. So um, when it's his birthday, it'll be for everybody else. But we'll we'll let Lincoln explore because I feel like Lincoln's going to appreciate being messy a little bit more. 
So I didn't know what smash cakes were. And um, for any new parents out there who also have never heard of that, on the first birthday, obviously, they're probably not going to eat much cake because they're still babies. But And the cake is for everyone else. But you usually can get a free miniature cake that's decorated just like whichever cake you picked out. And it's just for the baby to, like, tear to pieces, basically, mm-hmm. and smash and get all over them and make a big mess. It's the world's greatest um, prank on parents because then you have a baby who's covered head to toe in icing and you have to clean them off. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, wasn't there if Adriana got a smash cake or not. But Shirley got a smash cake. And, you know, since she is who she is <laughs> she, she just friggin destroyed this cake she <laughs> sat on it smashed it and at first she was confused because it was just a cake in front of her so like i think my wife just grabbed her hand and just put it on the cake and like pushed down a little bit so she would like mm-hmm. get it and as soon as that happened she tore it up <laughs> she was like she like grabbed on it and was just like smashing down into it. She was a huge mess. It was hilarious. It was at the pool here at the condo, so everyone's pissed off about it probably. But <laughs> it was awesome. Um, Logan, I can't remember his smash cake. I know that he had one because I was all into it because I knew it existed. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, we gotta get him smash cake. <laughs> um, want to say he wasn't into smashing it which really fits his personality too like he doesn't he doesn't want to smash it if i gave him one now he'd probably pull out a lightsaber and just start beating the crap out of it but (laughs) (laughs) back then i don't think he was into it um so let's talk about screen time i think yeah because that's that's more more recent for me right at least the apps i remember like two maybe yeah the screen time is uh something i deal with every day Mm -hmm. so um for me screen time is weird because you want to find a happy medium between letting them use the technology so that they learn it and know how to use it but you also don't want them like completely zoned out and alone and not interacting. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't necessarily have like a time limit that I put on screen time. It's not like, Oh, you have, you know, 30 minutes today to look at your screens. And then after that, you know, go read a book. Right. Know? Cause you know, screens have words on them. So if you're reading on the screen, I'm cool with that. Uh, as a matter of fact, my son is struggling with where they want him to be reading wise. I don't think he's struggling with reading. I think it's just the way he's learning. Um, so he needs extra help at Mm -hmm. school to be on track with everyone else or whatever. Um, but I really think it's just a confidence thing with him because he'll say he doesn't know what the word is and then he'll just say the word. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you're that's reading. You're reading right there. <laughs> you do know how to do it. <laughs> you just don't have like the confidence to put all the letters together. Sure. And like when he sounds things out, he says the word, not the sounds that the letters <laughs> make. So it's like, you know, vestible is the st i bull, not like 
the est. Like, you yeah, know what I'm trying to... Yeah, he's blending. Yeah. So, like, he knows... He's reading the word. Not that he's read the word vestible. I just... Just for example, yeah. yeah. I don't even know where I got that word from. <laughs> Isn't that, like, part of a church or something? A vestible? Uh, I don't know. Or maybe I'm just saying vegetable wrong. No, vestible's a real word. I just don't remember what it means. <laughs> um, so... There's that that I so what I've been doing we've been playing this Dragon Ball Z game on PlayStation Five because it just it was a PS4 game and we got the free upgrade to PS5 or whatever and uh, like the dialogue for the story is voice acted but like the sub stories is not voice acted so I've been making him read the sub story dialogue on the screen. And sometimes he gets frustrated, and he's like, I can't do it. And then he, like, reads it anyway. And then if he struggles, you know, I'm like, sound it out, buddy. And mm-hmm. if he still can't get it, I just tell him the word. Right. But, like, so, like, to me, I mean, he's not reading a book, but I still count that as reading. Like, he's making an effort to learn, yeah. even though he's playing a video game. Yeah. Well, he's um, he's he's reading the words in context. He's putting them into the narrative which he's familiar with because he's watched the show with you. So it's not like it's all brand new content to him. So it's easy practice for him with stuff he's familiar with. He gets introduced to new words that he has to challenge and find out and, and sound out. And he's learning the words in context of a story. So he's understanding the meaning a little bit better. So I'd say that's a win. I mean, I had, I had mentioned earlier, like when I was a kid, I loved playing final fantasy games on super Nintendo. Like I swear final fantasy four in America, final fantasy, uh, Final Fantasy 2 in America when I rented it from Blockbuster. But Final Fantasy 4 um, <laughs> is one of the major reasons I am I liked reading so much and like got me into those kind of fantasy stories that helped me read even stronger. I was like, I remember in, small aside, I remember in fifth grade when they were doing Accelerated Reader for in the early days and you had to go sit on the computer and take a computer test. It said I read at a, like 11th grade level in like fifth grade. And that was a big, that was very proud of that. And like, I attributed that like a lot of the games I was playing at the time was, were narrative games that included a lot of reading. And so that's still practice. Yeah. So, um, I never wanted to be like the old people were when we were kids where it's like, Oh, you shouldn't be doing this because it'll rot your brain. Right. So, um, I try to embrace the technology and I don't want my children's growth to be stunted either. So like, you know, they have an iPad. Um, one of them has a phone that actually is a phone with a phone number. And she can, the oldest one, little one. Mm-hmm. You guys met her last last episode <laughs> briefly. Um, thank you for editing most of that conversation <laughs> out. <laughs> um, anyway, um, she has her own phone. Um, it's an Apple phone, so I can lock lock it down if I ever needed to and I can see what she's doing and where she's at and stuff like that like uh so I can like I guess I could track her I mm-hmm. guess if I need to um I do look at it sometimes just to see like um oh yep she's at school where she's supposed to be right. not that she would never be but yeah it's just I have it so why not look sometimes <laughs> kind of thing yeah and then um which man there's something our parents didn't have yeah <laughs> parents the, just had to trust TV, us the tv commercial reminding you to know where your kids are yeah well that was a huge <laughs> phenomenon i remember um 
Blockbuster Video partnered with whatever organization was running those commercials. You could go to Blockbuster Video and film your kid making some kind of statement or something with some of their like vital statistics and stuff like height and, and weight and stuff like that. And then you keep the VHS. And then if your kid ever got went missing, cause like there was a huge um, kidnapping panic at the time. And I never learned if it was viable or not, if it was just people were freaking out. Usually those things are just mostly like one or two true stories than people freaking out. But there was this huge kidnapping panic when we were kids and you know, we were taught like, don't talk to strangers. If somebody comes up to you and says they know your parents, you have to have like a special code word that they have to know. That way, you know, if they're BSing you or not, and you run away from them and go find an adult to tell, you know, don't, don't trust people in vans who tell you they have something inside they want to show, you know, like there's all these strategies I remember being told and taught as children. And, uh, but yeah, that was a huge thing. So I don't, I don't know why I started talking about that. I've, I've lost the original part of the conversation oh, because I was telling you how I could, track. Oh, you could track. Yeah. 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 So man, that'd have been huge. Yeah. My parents were just like, call me when you get where you're going. So I know you're there. Yeah. And if I don't hear from you, it's over. <laughs> we're coming. <laughs> and, uh, and that's just how things were done. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to stunt their growth. So I let them play on it. Um, they don't have time limits, but if I feel like they've been like all day on the phone or something like that, or just you know, too many hours without mm-hmm. saying hi to, you know, me or mom or their siblings or something, then I'm like, hey, put the phone down. You know, come be in the same room as us. Yeah. Um, but you know, since I like to play video games and stuff too, um, sometimes I'll just sit with my kids while they're doing what they're doing and just watch them, mm-hmm. or they'll give me a turn and they'll watch me. It's like. Um, I'm like, I'm really scared because the internet was out for so long before I got to play with it and learn about it and know how to use it and what I could use it for that. I don't want my kids to fall behind. Right. Uh, Cause like you had internet, like when you were 10, probably is what it sounded like somewhere earlier. in that ballpark. Yeah. Maybe a little later, but yeah, somewhere around there, but I didn't get on it till, you know, I was almost 15. And that was my first time, like, interacting with anyone online. Yeah. It was basically, like, AOL talking yeah. to you and everyone else. But, like, so I felt like I missed five years of, almost five years of technology, sure. like, learning. Yeah. So I struggled with typing when we were in school because I didn't type at home. And, um, I mean, now everybody just types all the time. Yeah. Like, you and my kids know how to use the keyboard and mouse and everything. So... Probably because they're my kids, because it sounds like other kids older than them have struggles with the keyboard. Yeah. But, um, but even Shirley has like an old phone that's not a phone anymore that she can like download apps on and play games. And she's, I would attribute her strong reading to the technology that we let her play with because mm-hmm. um, she's a very strong reader and she's only one grade ahead of my son. Like, and she was kind of similar, where we didn't think she was catching on to reading, and then, you know, it seems like one day a flip just a switch just flipped, and yeah. you know, she could read supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just really interesting when you get to that point and watch your kids grow. You know, yeah. like, you know, they go from like not being able to read to being able to read anything. 
and it's pretty wild. Like driving down the road and shortly just start spouting off street signs that she's reading. Mm. And, you know, Logan's right there too. He'll be there probably another month, I would guess. Um, so that's how I feel about screen time. I don't really have defined limits. I just have like, if I feel like they need to get off of it, then they need to get yeah. off of it. Yeah. And you can usually tell, um, when they start getting like cabin fever and squirrely and like they haven't moved around enough because little kids are energy factories. So if they sit on that energy for too long, it starts literally exploding. <laughs> right. Um, and that's kind of how we gauge with my son too. So our screen time with Nixon, I mean, we, we're photo obsessed with him. We take pictures of him all the time ever since he was born. He's always seen. And it's like, I hate describing like this kind of makes me feel like a piece of shit sometimes, but in honesty, it's fine. But like when I describe it this way, I'm like ever since he was born, he's seen our, our, the backside of our phones in his face to take pictures of him. And like, in some ways that's kind of obnoxious, but in other ways, like it's, he became very familiar with that, that tool can do. But anyway, like that was his first screen time was like taking pictures of him and sometimes showing him the picture, taking a video and playing it back for him and like just seeing those kind of things. Um, And we were really careful not to do a lot of that screen facing to him um, just because we know um, that the introduction of screens just changes their wiring a little bit and doesn't matter how it's done. In some ways it will change things, but that's going to happen no matter what, because we live in a society that's filled with technology and screens and stuff there's no getting around that and there's a nice balance point somewhere that hopefully parents can find where they're like we don't shove it in their face too early but also like we don't wait too long to let them you know interact with it but um but nixon was gosh i don't remember the exact age somewhere in the ballpark of like 11 months to like 13 months i think when he first started watching his first tv shows his first tv show was puppy dog pals is a a (laughs) disney junior show um we we just like on the tv threw on the disney junior channel and that's just what happened to be on and he liked puppy dogs at the time nixon uh at the beginning of his speaking wouldn't refer to animals or cars or anything by its name but only by the sound it made and so he loved beep beeps and he loved woofs (laughs) which were dogs and he loved animals and stuff like that but he only referred to them by their their sound names and so um he stopped and turned his head and saw the pups on on tv and got very excited and we're like all right i guess this is his first show and then uh when we got disney plus at some point uh, we realized that they had disney junior shows on there and i found it i was like oh this is your show now and so that was the first show he watched that was the only show he watched for a long time uh we went through like every episode of puppy dog pals that were available at the time for like five or six rounds um, and he wasn't watching a lot, but it became, it became like a scheduled kind of thing. He would go to daycare with us because our school has a on-site daycare that staff used to be able to bring their kids to. And we would um, bring him with us. We would come home together. So we'd all go together and all come home together. And then when we came home together, there was like this hour, maybe hour and a half time length where like we need to put all of his bottles in the, in the sink, then wash them. We need to put all of the old lunch stuff away and make lunches for the next day and like prepare all this stuff. So when the kid goes to bed, we can actually like enjoy life and not do chores all the time. And, um, it became kind of like a crutch to us. Like, all right, we're going to let him watch puppy dog pals for like one or two episodes while we get this stuff done. 
and then we would go back in interacting. And as he got older, it would change and it would, it would get a little longer, get a little shorter sometimes. Um, somebody broke the YouTube seal, uh, where he just wanted to start describing things and have somebody magically discover what he wanted to watch. Um, and so he became obsessed with watching, um, the chan- channel, channel, uh, which is like a German channel. I butchered it again. Sorry, German listeners. Uh, but Kinderspielzug um, is just a channel where like kids play with toys, hmm. basically. Uh, they unbox and play with toys. And he loved, he would watch that all the time. He wanted to watch the beep beeps or the fire trucks. Uh, then he wanted to watch like people building Legos and stuff. Like it's kind of like um, kids watching Twitch streamers now play video games and how it's so unfathomable to me. But one of the, one of the things Nixon likes more than anything else on TV is watching other people play with toys. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, but I say broke the YouTube seal because I'm, I was terrified of, um, children being on YouTube and like the autoplay feature and like, what's yeah. the algorithm going to push to them next. And like, it's not a, I don't feel comfortable letting him just sit and watch something on YouTube by himself because what autoplay might put up next might be inappropriate. And there were a lot of inappropriate children's videos being tagged for children. Yeah. YouTube's cleaned up a lot of that by now. Cause I've never actually come across any of it anymore. And I haven't heard any more stories of it coming out. So it was either one of those panics that weren't real or they fixed the algorithm or cleaned it up a little bit. But I'm still to this day, just because I'm I'm hyper aware of algorithm based apps like Facebook and social media and stuff like that. Like I'm not going to let the computer decide what my kid sees. And so I'm very careful with what he watches on YouTube and always kind of aware and around when he's watching it. Um, but mostly we just stick to like Disney plus and some Netflix shows. I got him on power Rangers, like the OG power Rangers I grew up with, yeah. got him on the OG Pokemon I grew up with. And those later kind of transferred over to the newer shows that he likes a lot better because they are better. Yeah. <laughs> and he never really had a problem. We never really felt like there was a detriment to him except one time he was watching a show on Netflix called dino trucks. Oh Yeah. And Dino Trucks doesn't have anything about it that's seemingly any different than the other shows that he watches. Like, he's seen Power Rangers, so he's seen people hitting. He's watched some superhero shows and movies with me, so he's seen people fighting. Like, it was always within that fantastical context and stuff. But something about Dino Trucks, where there's dinosaurs and trucks, and they hit each other and battle almost every episode, something about that correlated with an increase of him, like, hitting when we would play. And so I'd notice that he'd hit me a lot. And I'm like, hey, don't hit. We don't do that. And, uh... I linked the two together and I don't have any proof that that's what it was, but I linked the two together and I was like, you're not watching dino trucks ever again. And he was really upset. And he's like, why? I was like, cause when you watch dino trucks, you hit, we're not going to play hitting games. Like it's okay if we're like horsing around and stuff like that, but we're not going to play a game where you, you know, the, the main goal for you of the game is to punch me. Cause we're not doing that. Um, and so I, I forbid Dino Trucks from the house. And even to this day, it's been like a year and a half. Even this day, every once in a while, he's like, can we play Dino Trucks without hitting? Because he just likes dinosaurs and trucks. And he'll even repeat back to me like, yeah, I used to watch Dino Trucks, but then I started hitting, so we don't watch it anymore. I'm like, that's right. Um, I don't know if Dino Trucks actually caused that, but uh, I noticed the rise in hitting while he watched it. And after I explained to him that Dino Trucks the game he was playing and hitting is not okay as a game and link those two together. And the consequence of taking that show away his hitting significantly decreased. So I guess it served the purpose that I needed it to. Yeah. So either dino truck sucks or dino trucks was the martyr I needed to get the point across. I would like to think as dino trucks as the martyr. Yeah. 
Cause like, there's nothing that bad about it compared to anything else he watched. Yeah. There was nothing that stood out to me, but I just noticed that. And it may have just been an age where he was hitting more because he was growing and changing. And so it could have been any number of things. Could have been secretly Power Rangers the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Dino Trucks uh, fell on the grenade for me, though. <laughs> and then... Uh, I like Dino Trucks. That's why I said <laughs> <laughs> Logan loved it. And there's a spinoff called Dino Trucks Supercharged where it's all the same characters, but now they can get supercharged. <laughs> they eat like a yes. <laughs> they eat like a spark spark plug firefly thing, mm-hmm. and then they get they get stronger. Yeah, we I always like the Reptools. Yeah, they're, they're little like wrenches and screwdrivers, but they're like lizards. Yeah, they were cute. I didn't have a problem with Dino Trucks, but like <laughs> I. Dino Trucks, I guess, was the scapegoat. <laughs> I don't know. Well, um, if it worked, it worked. Hey, I'll <laughs> take it. A win is a win. Exactly. And so the other thing that sucked for me was I was extremely adamant. I was a huge anti-Paw Patrol parent. I was like, Paw Patrol will never enter my house, ever. I will never deal with it. Because it always seemed like an extremely thinly veiled like toy commercial. Yeah. And that's always out of whatever it seemed like. Like, well, we're we're Paw Patrol, but now we're the superhero Paw Patrol, but now we're the medieval knight Paw Patrol. <laughs> like, we are very clearly just different toys you can buy Paw Patrol. Yeah. And I remember, like, I think back to toy marketing back in the day with like Star Wars, Ninja Turtles, and Batman. Those were always the big ones, and like, they came out with the stupidest toys and adaptations like there's 15 different colored batmans with different grapple hooks and different things and they're always knocking over these ice blocks for some reason in the commercials and like but those were toy commercials that you would be like get excited for as a kid because you watched the show the show wasn't the toy commercial and i felt like that's what paw patrol was so i was always like no never again but then one of the kids at school was talking to him about Paw Patrol when he was at the daycare. Yeah. Uh, his little buddy had a Paw Patrol shirt on and knew about Paw Patrol. And then he came home one day and he's like, Dad, can I watch Paw Patrol? And I was like, no, we're not watching Paw Patrol. <laughs> I, I relented immediately. I let him watch Paw Patrol. Um, so he liked Paw Patrol for a while. It kind of fell out of favor after a while. It's repetitive. And then I discovered Bluey and I became obsessed with Bluey. <laughs> And there's like a subset of parents who love Bluey more than their kids ever will. And I'm, I am one of those people and I'm unashamed by it. Bluey is amazing. Bluey is something I will occasionally put on just to make me happy at the end of the day. When I've had a rough day, I'm like, I'm going to watch some Bluey. It's very wholesome. It's very emotional. It's good. I need this. <laughs> so I'll pop on some Bluey every once in a while. But Nixon didn't like it right away. I had to kind of like... Make him I, make him like I it. I had to kind of force Bluey into his life a little bit by just having it on in the back. Whenever like he took too long to decide what he wanted to watch, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna put on some Bluey because I like Bluey. I'd be like, well, it's mommy's turn to pick TV, and she picked Bluey. <laughs> and um, and very recently he started like accepting and loving Bluey, the way I always knew he would. <laughs> <laughs> With the girls, we watched Peppa Pig a lot. Have you ever watched any of it? Mm-hmm. I like Daddy Pig because. He's always like, um, I used to blah, blah, blah. And it's, <laughs> and it's, it's like, very relatable. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, he's always, whatever they're talking about, he's always used to done that. He says, <laughs> I used to be an astronaut on Apollo 13. <laughs> I was in the movie Apollo 13 with Bill Paxton and Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, 
No, you weren't, Daddy Pig. <laughs> you liar. <laughs> Maybe you saw the movie, but you weren't in it. And he's like, yes, I was. <laughs> like, so I used to be a race car driver. <laughs> like, it's, it's a true renaissance pig. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he just works in like an office. He probably didn't used to do anything. Also, he's a cartoon pig. <laughs> but he's funny as hell. <laughs> and uh, so we had a lot of Peppa Pig. Um, we had a lot of Paw Patrols with Logan, for sure. Um, the one show we were not cool with was Caillou. Mm. Um, because there was a Thunder and epi- Lightning episode that I think it was Adriana saw. And it made her like super afraid of thunder and lightning, mm. which in Florida is, yeah, you know, something you deal with a lot. <laughs> so, to have a kid act like extremely crazy every time thunder happens is like, it's natural to be scared of thunder when it's a loud noise, but like, the way they were act or she was acting was like it was heightened. Yeah, it was like extra dramatic i would say (laughs) um so that was the show that we were like no we're never doing caillou and luckily it did not ever become super popular like paw patrol right you know we never had to relent on that one right and the uh, um in fact the opposite i've only ever heard caillou being talked about negatively (laughs) like i've never heard anybody in person or especially on the internet talk about like actually the meme is that caillou sucks and like the actual character of caillou is a jerk and nobody likes him oh and so, so you said yeah like caillou we got rid of and i was like you know what so did everybody else <laughs> well good I'm but i've never watched the show i don't know i don't have any context for the how true that is or not but yeah, you were not alone in the anti-caillou brigade well that's good <laughs> it's not just me and my wife bashing on it there. yeah you guys <laughs> you guys chose your sides very wisely <laughs> me against paw patrol the uphill battle <laughs> and you just like knocking over a little bald kid. <laughs> when, I always wondered if he was like a really sick kid and maybe that's why he's like attitude is bad or whatever. I don't know. But, I never watched. <laughs> um, like I said, I only remember that one. Sure. One episode cause we never, and it was when Adrian was little. So yeah, was, like, there was something in, in uh puppy dog pals i remember being very surprised i was watching puppy dog pals with nixon when he was little and there's one episode where the dogs get separated and they're looking for each other and one of them comes across a cave and like you see like the red eyes in the darkness and then emerges this little like pig character but it doesn't do anything it just kind of runs away um that part didn't really ever scare him but there's a scene like immediately before, immediately after where they show like a forest, like a dark forest with like dead trees and like a canopy, but like there's no leaves or anything like that. And like for some reason, like that combination of that quick scene to the other quick scene, like just like freaked him out and he would start crying. And I was like, what is happening right now? So we would always skip that episode. <laughs> um, it was just weird that that happened. He loves um, one of his favorite shows right now is Eureka on Disney junior, um, which is like a girl who lives in prehistoric times, but she's also an inventor. So she like, remember when we watched, watched Flintstone Flintstones and like, they'd have the dinosaurs doing the jobs and stuff like that. Like it's a living. It's kind of like that, but she's (laughs) inventing stuff instead of making dinosaurs do it. She's like, 
she invented a wheel so they all have those like single wheel hoverboard things that she calls rock and rollers <laughs> and like every episode is how she's going to invent out of a situation and then sometimes she has to learn that inventing isn't the solution but hard work and practice is the solution oh. um but anyway he likes it because it's got dinosaurs in it <laughs> yeah so i did the same thing with my kids where i was like og power rangers og pokemon and it led into them liking the newer, better versions of that. But um, I wanted them to like the stuff that I liked mm-hmm. because I still like that stuff. Yeah. So I really wanted to, you know, like whenever new Pokemon games come out, you know, we have two Nintendos, so we can play together still. Um, I have this fantasy in my mind when my kid gets just a little bit older and he can actually interact with video games the way I was able to when I was little that I was like, oh, I got Nintendo Switch online. I'm going to start them on the old games. We're going to start with some Super Mario from the 80s. We're going to start with some, like, you're just going to kind of build them up. And uh, and kind of in the same way I think I learned with TV is that he might like it initially, but he's it's not going to stick with it. Yeah. The newer stuff is going to capture him more. And the newer stuff is just developed a little bit better. But I think the difference with video games is, like, the controls are so complicated for newer games sometimes that... I think starting off with like a, a two button alternative is probably better for him, like just to interact with it and actually enjoy it. Um, but he's not quite there yet. He wants to try every once in a while. Uh, my wife got me Lego star Wars a while back. And, um, one of his things is watching people play with Legos. So he was very, in, very interested. He doesn't know anything about star Wars, but he loves Legos. So he's like, yes, let's do this. But like, he can't do anything. He can't even like move up and down properly. Like it's too, too much for him but he wants to try. And unfortunately he's too smart for the disconnected controller trick. He knows when he's not playing. (laughs) Um, So that's kind of like a, he wants to get into it, but like the, the skill level for him is way too difficult, but also like he doesn't like just to sit and do stuff like that. He wants to go play. And so um, something I wanted to call back to when you're talking about, like you don't have a time limit on, screen time for your kids i don't really either but with nixon at least i don't really need it because nixon will sit on the couch and watch a little bit of tv then he gets bored and he'll just be like i'm done with tv can i go play i'm like yes you can play anytime you want that's Um, your main job yeah (laughs) um which was code for like will you come play with me because he doesn't like to play by himself so he's basically like i'm done sitting here let's go play (laughs) and we're like let's do it as far as like letting him play a video game on his own, when Logan started being interesting, because me and Jackie are both gamers, <laughs> um, you know. Well, you're a gamer. Get it right. She's a gamer girl. Oh, that's true. She's a gamer girl. <laughs> I bet if she made a Twitch right now, it would do better than my Twitch. <laughs> In the first 10 minutes, it would do better than my entire Twitch over a, the couple months I tried it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sorry, Jackie. <laughs> No, it just speaks to her character and how awesome she is. <laughs> um, anyway, there's it might even be on my desk right there. It's a Nintendo Switch game. Mm-hmm. It's Paw Patrol. Son of a bitch. <laughs> but it's a game, but it's not really a game. Literally, all you do is jump on platforms and collect bones. Right. And I don't think your character can die. And all you do is get to a place that takes you to the next level. Right. Just run around and collect bones. Like it's like made for like yeah. a young kid. Yeah. And, um, 
a lot of games, including the Goku game I was telling you about earlier. I don't know if I talked about it on the air that much, but... You did. Oh, okay. So on that game, there's like a... I don't know if it's less than easy mode or if it's just called easy mode, but it changes all the fighting to where, like... Well, you know in Dragon Ball Z where, like, you shoot energy beams at each right. other and it, like, gets big and you have to have the tug of war back yeah. and forth. Um, and, like, when you do combos that, like will knock people very far back and then you have to press the button kind of like a uh, god of war games where like you have to hit square and you have like quick animation. time event yeah. yeah so it changes all of it to where that's just circle like the whole game right like all you have to do is press circle and you can do that stuff nice makes it real simple and there was another game i was playing that had like a very kid-friendly game it was on a nintendo but i can't remember what game it was it might have been Mar- oh it was mario kart um, you can turn Mario Kart to where it's like kid mode and it puts a little intent on the carts mm-hmm. and it keeps them on the track and, uh, it makes the computers like way less mean than they normally <laughs> are. And like your, you know, your little kid can win races. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, those are just settings you could look yeah. for. I think that's tied to motion controls too, wasn't it? Um, I haven't played Mario Kart in a long time. You can set it to where it works with the motion controls too. So it's oh, just right. on yeah. how you decide. I remember to now. Play. There's three different options. Yeah. yeah. But if you turn all that stuff on and put the cart, I can't remember. They have a special word for it. Yeah. But it's basically so kids can play without getting you know crushed by the. Yeah, computer. they can actually enjoy the experience. Yeah. So um, if you want to let him try playing on his own, there's. I would call that accessibility options, really. Yeah, basically is what they are. Yeah, so there's that. Um, we were you were talking about how you're making the options. You're you're choosing experiences for your children that are more age appropriate for them and for their skill level. So, the Paw Patrol big game where there's no there's no violence or stakes. You're just practicing platforming and collecting objects to win. And then the the Goku game where the controls become simpler, and then the Mario Kart game where they can actually play the game because driving is complicated and they're not ready for it yet <laughs> yeah so and i think it helps them like develop like some a little bit of fine motor skills too because us like we can type super fast and you know video game controllers we can do and like mouse and keyboard controls we can do like we could fly drones probably with very little training right. <laughs> yeah you know well i when i take nixon to the library he likes to play with the the little toys and stuff they have in the children's area at the Northport library. Shout out to them. They're amazing. But they also have little edutainment computers with a bunch of different like letter and math and, and science games and stuff. And it's honestly for someone a lot older than him because he can't read yet. And um, when he puts on the headphones to hear the instructions, I can't hear him. I can't hear the instructions to kind of simplify them for him. So he, he wants to try it. It's got the colorful keyboard and he wants to try and kind of like get into it, but it's just kind of a little bit above his level still. But I try to help him, and I, if it has to do with pressing a button on the keyboard, he's all about it. But I'm working with him right now on like moving the mouse cursor and like noticing that when you move the mouse, the cursor on the screen changes and moves and stuff, and trying to put those two together. Last time we were at the library, he wanted to play a game, like a puzzle game, um, but he was getting frustrated because he couldn't drag the puzzle where it had to go. So I was trying to work with them on that. Uh, I think he's getting pretty close. I mean, again, he's going to turn four in a couple of months, so I wouldn't even call him delayed on this skill. Like, nobody tests for this skill. Yeah. It's something he will pick up for sure. 
but I'm impatient for it because it's all of my passions. Like I want to play games with him. I want him to be good at computers. Like I am like, I want him to be able to do all these things and interact with the world the way I did growing up, but I have to be patient with it and also not force it on him. Cause he might be, he just loves to be active. He might not be a kid that wants to sit down and play video games. He might want to watch a couple TV shows and then go run around again. So I have to make sure I'm not, I'm not pushing skills on him that he doesn't have interest in. Like to the point where it's useful, yeah, like typing and moving the mouse around so you can succeed with, you know, business technology or any other kind of computing and stuff to interface with the uh, digital world that we pretty much live in right now. Um, But not to push it on him so much to the detriment of his actual passions because he tells me all the time right now he just likes to run and jump. He told me, I don't know if I mentioned this on air or not, he told me a while ago that he wants to go to my school because my school has a track and he wants to join the team so he can run and jump over things. Oh, I think you did do that on a, la- a previous episode. Yeah. So like, yeah. so I'm, I'm trying to make it like, I wasn't an athletic kid when I was growing up. I wanted to sit and do nothing physically. Um, but that's just kind of like where I was. Like I did karate as a kid and then kind of phased out and then didn't do any sports during middle or high school at all. And then when I got to college, I got into judo and working out and stuff. And like, so I discovered that all later, um, but when I was younger, none of it was anything I was interested in. So I want to make sure I don't like take his interests away to push something that I liked on him. Yeah. Well, that's something I think every parent struggles with too, because you want to find something that they love so that you can help them do it mm-hmm. and you can watch them like grow to love that thing even more and like become an expert at it. But since you don't know where to start, you usually start with stuff that you like. Exactly. So, cause like the dream is, you know, you to be doing that thing with them and like sharing that experience with them so it's natural that i think it's natural that you would want to that's why we that's why we started them on og power rangers and og pokemon that's right (laughs) it's like you can learn the 150 first (laughs) and then you'll learn the second 150 oh boy (laughs) i don't know how many there are now but it's a lot uh it's very close to a thousand and it's so many that like every new game that comes out is just a mixture of the existing ones. It's not like another new one fifty. Yeah. It's like we're gonna take this many Gen One, Gen Two, yep. Gen Three, and that's the one that are in this game. Yeah. <laughs> they just print money. <laughs> yeah. I always wanted them to make like a MMO for Pokemon where you know, you just are just like the show in the game ones where yeah, you, you just but there's travel other around, real people yeah. there. So one day, um, one day, one day. Yeah. <laughs> when Nintendo figures out how to do online gameplay properly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. The newest games are like, it's so good, but it's also so bad. Like everyone loves it, but they also don't yeah. love it. <laughs> well, I remember when uh, I came here to record something with you very early on in the show process. Um, Scarlet and Violet just came out, the new Pokemon games. And you're like, yeah, I'm just sitting here playing this game. And I was like, oh, yeah, I haven't played it yet. Because I normally, Pokemon's the one video game my wife plays. And normally for Christmas, I get her whatever the newest one is. But she hasn't had time to play through the last three ones that I gave her. So I was like, I'm going to save the 70 bucks this time. (laughs) But I was reading the reviews and everyone's like, the most poignant review I read for Scarlet and Violet was like, this game runs awful. The graphics suck. The frame rate's ridiculously bad. Uh, Like the the pop-up for loading textures and features and stuff is not great. 
and blah, blah, blah. And they like just railed against all these things. And then the, at the end, it was like, but it's also the most fun I've ever had playing a Pokemon game ever. <laughs> I was like, well, that doesn't help me at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think that's probably everything. Yeah, this is a little bit of a disjointed episode, but I think it's because we recorded so soon after the last time we yeah. recorded. That's okay, though. Yeah. Some episodes will be like that. This is a more casual, just dad's talking about dadding kind of episode, and you got to learn a little bit more about your hosts. Yeah. And then uh, hopefully you won't use that against us in the future. No. They made, <laughs> if they made it this far, they love us. They're just, they're just fanatics. Yep. They can't wait. They're the Nicomaniacs. <laughs> now we know what to call our, our fan. <laughs> well our audience like they're the nicomaniacs there you go hey all you nicomaniacs <laughs> if you haven't if you couldn't tell by now among all the other nerd shit we grew up loving we also grew up loving pro wrestling <laughs> so there's that i was like i can see a macho man from here so <laughs> <laughs> i just look up and there he is <laughs> Did I ever tell you a friend of mine ran, uh, she's a, she's a firefighter EMS and she used to work in a different County. She ran on the call where Macho Man died. Oh, she was one of the first responders to his car accident. Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to handle that. (laughs) Thankfully she was not a super fan like us. I was like, don't know Macho Man. Randy, Randy, (laughs) don't you die on me. I just see myself. Like, I just want three more minutes of (laughs) playtime. Also, one of the greatest rap albums ever created. Oh, my God. Was Macho Man Randy Savage's rap album. It was so bad, but it was so good. It was exactly what you would expect it to be. (laughs) And that's why it was amazing. Yep. It was truly a product of its time. My favorite part is that, like, it has all the, like, style of, like, music it's yeah, like it has all the trappings of real yeah, hip-hop it's like there's a diss track there's a tribute to the fallen comrade there's like you know how badass they are song like all this stuff but it's macho man but it's macho man and yeah. <laughs> he went through no effort to do anything yep he was just macho man he was doing just his song yeah yep. i remember i'm bad <laughs> <laughs> When that album came out, I remember everybody was riffing on it, as as they should, to be honest, because this macho man doing a rap album is hilarious. <laughs> and he's on the cover, like, holding this giant chain at the gym or something, but the background's <laughs> all blacked out, so it looks like he's an action figure just, like, dangling on a chain. <laughs> like, that some kid arranged or something like that. But I also remember it was right around the same time that he uh, very famously shit himself at the gym. And so, like, he had a he had a track that was like, be a man, Hulk, because he was beefing with Hulk Hogan in IRL at the time. And uh, he was being super hard on the track. And then everyone was like, dude, you just shit yourself doing a bench press, bro. You're not you're not a tough guy anymore. I still love Macho Man. I don't care. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, very different episode for you guys. Hope you still enjoy it. Editing this is going to be a, a joy. And uh, <laughs> we will see you when we see you. Thanks for listening, guys, and uh, all you Nicomaniacs out there. (laughs) Nicomania is running wild in 2023, and it will continue to run (laughs) forever. All the little Nicksters know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're getting out of here, guys. All right, bye, guys. Bye. (laughs) 
Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Ask Your Dad. This show is written, recorded, edited, and published by Nick Bender and Nick Troyer. You can follow our show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube at AskYourDadPod, A-S-K-U-R-D-A-D-P-O-D. And our new Facebook page is facebook.com slash askyourdadpod. All of these pages will be linked in the show description as well as our link tree page, which includes a donation page if you'd like to support our show. Our theme song is Shimmering Lights by Punch Deck, and you can find more great tracks at punchdeck.bandcamp.com. And until next time, if you have any questions, remember, you can always ask ask your dad. dad. You just laugh every time I do that, so. (laughs) It's because your fucking face you make. It's not just that you jiggle your jowls or whatever. You're just like, "Mm." (laughs) you give me the most serious dead eyes. It's showtime.